on this week's episode of Living Free with RP, we've got Tracy Marno. Not only is she awesome because she's a fellow RPer, but her husband looks like Slash from Guns N' Roses. Isn't that cool? If you know who he is. Well, enjoy Tracy's journey. So first, uh, as I like welcome all my guests to the show, and I thank you for taking the time out today to be on. Well, thank you for inviting me. I've uh, really been looking forward to having this chat with you. Same. <laughs> Much different uh, having to, uh, I don't usually email a lot, but I, I'm, I'm flexible. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I prefer to email than chat over Facebook, but that's just me. Uh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, so everyone has their own things that work, you know, especially, you know, with our eye condition, whatever works best for uh, for us. Exactly. Yeah. So introduce yourself to everybody, all the guests, everybody and the listeners, uh, you know, who you are and your family and uh, just a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah. Um, my name's Tracy Marno. I uh, live in a town called Berry which is just a few miles north of Manchester in the northwest of England in the UK. I'm married. Uh, my husband and I will have been married 30 years in March, so it's going to be our pearl wedding anniversary in March. Um, we have two grown-up children. Our son, he's now married and he lives over in Germany. Um, he did a degree in... Um, environmental chemistry. Um, in fact, he studied for a year over in, in the States. He did a year over at Boulder, Colorado. Um, hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, we went over to visit him when he was over there. Um, and then he came back here, finished his degree, and then he wanted to do a PhD into air pollution. So he um, got a position over in Germany where he met a lovely young lady and they're now married and they live just outside of Heidelberg in Germany. She's uh, an English teacher in a high school, so she speaks perfect English, which is really good as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and our daughter, she's just about to fly the nest as well. She's, um, her and her boyfriend are just buying their first home together. She did her degree in sociology and She's now in her second year to become um, a rehabilitation officer for the blind. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we're really proud of both of our children. 
<laughs> well, first of all, congratulations on your wedding and our upcoming wedding anniversary. Thank you. And, you know, sounds like you have a, a great family. I do. I'm very lucky. Mm -hmm. So tell us, uh, when did you get diagnosed with RP? I was diagnosed at the age of 11. Um, as a child at that age, I don't think you realize there's anything wrong with you. You just think everybody else sees things the same way you do. Um, but obviously my parents picked up on the fact that I perhaps wasn't seeing things the way I should be. So they um, took me to our local optician. Um, he, he was able to say there was something wrong, but he wasn't sure what it was. Um, I am 56 now, so we're going back 45 years here. So that, uh, I think the diagnostic skills were perhaps not as good then as they are today. Mm. Yeah, um, but he knew there was something not quite right. So he referred us to a specialist. Um, so I went to see an ophthalmologist. And of course he was able to diagnose retinitis pigmentosa. Um, he really, looking back, he gave quite good advice. He just said uh, <laughs> that my eyesight would deteriorate throughout my life, but he was unable to say at what rate that would happen. And he was also unable to say uh, to what level of sight loss I would experience. Um, he said everybody's different. Some people lose more sight than others at a quicker rate than others. And he, he was unable to say what, what I would experience. He said the best advice he could give was just try and lead as normal life as you possibly can. And so basically that's really what I've done. Yeah, there you go. That sounds about what most doctors usually say mm -hmm. at least and especially back then i'm sure because they didn't really had no clue you know as much as they know now about what you know progression is going to be like yeah oh yeah i think they know a lot more now than they did back then yeah so how did you feel at that age though getting that you know getting that diagnosis well my life just carried on as normal i'm sure my parents must have been quite upset to hear that because as far as we're aware, there's nobody else with RP within our family. I know there must be because it's hereditary, but as far as we know, we don't know of anyone else with RP. So it must have been a shock to them. I'm a parent myself, and I know how much they must have felt, but they never let it show. So as far as I was concerned, my life just carried on as normal, really. Um, yeah, I was aware of it deteriorating through high school. Uh, like for instance, doing my exams, my final exam, I had large print exam papers, and you know, as a teenager, you don't like to be different to anybody else. You want to be the same, and I, I felt uncomfortable, but I dealt with it. Uh, fast forwarding, all these many years later, how uh, how are you feeling about it today? Yeah, I've. Uh, dealt with it and coped with it um i get frustrated just the same as everybody else at times but in the most part i um i try and find ways around things if something comes up that i can't do then i'll just think right how am i going to deal with this how am i going to get around this i do lead quite a busy active life so um yeah i, I just deal with things as they come along really so speaking of living an active life what are like so what what are you busy doing? Well, obviously, because of COVID, all this is on hold right now. But 
ordinarily, <laughs> ordinarily pre-COVID and hopefully post-COVID. Um, I am uh, the, the chairman of the Berry Society for the Blind, so that keeps me quite busy, really. I um, run the board meetings, and um, it's quite a hive of activity normally that the Blind Society here in, in Berry. Um, there's things going on all the time, lots of social activities, and I help with an events group there where we plan and run both social and fundraising events. Uh, we also have an RP support group. Many of our members do have RP. Um, yeah, um, so yeah, that two, sometimes three times a week I can be in the society, depends. I'm also on the board of directors at the uh, Berry Met Theatre. So I am passionate that the theatre should be accessible to all, no matter what your disability. And that is as an audience member and as a performer. So at the forefront of my mind is always visual impairment. And um, we have um, a drama group, a theatre workshop that runs uh, once a week ordinarily. Um, we're called Engage to Stage. If you ever want to look us up, we have some YouTube videos. We've only been going three years now. But, yeah, we've got some YouTube videos up and a good website. So it's all one word, Engage, the number two, and the figure two, Stage. Um, so as far as we're aware, we think we're the only theatre group in the northwest of England for visually impaired actors. So if we're coming up to a performance... A lot of rehearsals, that, that can keep me quite busy. Two or three times a week I can be in the theatre. Um, what else do I do? Oh, I attend a French class. Um, I've been mm. learning French now for ooh, 15 years, I think now. And um, that's at my local library. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy that. Um, I'll go to the gym. I try and get to the gym two or three times a week. Uh, nice. Yeah, I like to try and keep fit. I like the classes. Well, I get bored on the machines. I don't like the treadmill or the cross train. I, 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 yeah, I get a bit bored on the machines. So I prefer to do the classes. And I always um, make a point of telling the instructor that I'm visually impaired. I just think it's just easier just, just to let them know. So I usually say, just to let you know, I, I am visually impaired. I will stand here at the front of the class so I can see you. But I possibly will be relying on hearing you more than watching you. And, you know, they've all been really, really good and really understanding, and I've never had a problem at all. But, yeah. yeah, they make it yeah. possible. I was going to ask you how, uh, what do you, uh, how has RP actually affected, you know, you doing, wanting to do the certain things that you're passionate about or that you love to do? Well, you just have to find a different way around things. Like I say, I rely on more hearing than like the instructor at the gym, for example, I, I will rely on hearing her or him rather than watching. Um, and any activity, when my children were younger, we, for instance, we went skiing. And you know, many of my friends, oh, you are? You went skiing? I said, yeah, yeah, I just find a way around it. I stay on the lower slopes that are perhaps pre-lined. And I always have um, an instructor with me who wears a bright orange vest, so I'm able to follow them down the mountain. And, Whatever you come across in life, you just have to find a way. 
of still doing these things. You might just have to do them a little bit differently than a fully sighted person would do them. Mm-hmm. But you just still do them. You know, I always say everything in my life talks to me. You know, I have my watch talks to me, my computer talks <laughs> to me. My, I love baking, I love making cakes, but my weighing scales talk to me. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, <laughs> I haven't re- I haven't reached that point yet. Yeah, where I, ha- I have to have things talk to me. Yet. Yeah, but I re- it always remind reminds me of growing up with my mom though. So, uh-huh. You know, she has and she still has the talking watch and you know all the you know the screen readers and, and yep. all that stuff. So yeah, um, but totally, uh, totally you can get to that. Yeah. Now you mentioned how you basically you know write straightforward to the like say fitness instructor for instance and just said hey boom you know I'm visually impaired. Yep. When you met your husband, or you know, future husband at that time, was that the same logic? Did you just come out and say, "Hey, just let you know, this I, is your future, or this is what's going <laughs> to could happen"? No, probably not straight off. I was in my early twenties then, so not as confident as I perhaps am today. Um, and my sight was a lot better then than it is today. I didn't really suffer as much with the night blindness back then as I do today. So, um. Yeah, I wasn't really having as many problems. But um, once the relationship came a bit more seriously, then of course I told him and, I've, yeah, he was totally fine with it. Yeah, it's never, it's never been an issue. Because, I mean, definitely this year I would like to – I really want to tackle more of that aspect of things. I mean, at least guests who, you know, maybe struggle with dating or um, and other things like that because obviously we know that – that's a it's a big burden on um the spouse or you know boyfriend girlfriend to know that hey you know i'm gonna need your help maybe not now maybe not in a few years but you're gonna be taking on a lot of responsibilities of things that i'm no longer gonna be able to do so is that cool with you do you yeah (laughs) yeah and i I think it would be great to do that are you thinking of having uh, the partners on the podcast as well you know I mean, it might be something in the future to add to, you yeah. know, because I like I like that perspective. I had um I did have one episode where it was someone who had um, you know, the one RP with a uh, the the hearing loss and all oh, that. Usher. Um, yeah, Usher, thank you. Um, and the he was on kind of to help her with the yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool. I said it's great because I got to kind of get the you know that a different perspective. You know, not just from hers, but also from somebody who, you know, has to you know deal with it. And I'm supposed to also have somebody on the show who isn't the person with RP, but is the person that is dealing with the person. You know, the mom is the mom, mm-hmm. and and she would like to share, you know, share her perspective of things on like basically having to deal with, you know, always worrying all the time that you know your son's going out doing things, and you know he probably shouldn't be doing them. And having to always be kind of, you know, constantly, uh, you know, worrying and, you know, never knowing what kind of calls you're going to get, you know, or, you know, what, you know, did he fall, you know, or did something happen? Did he run into something? And, you know, so. I imagine that being difficult for a parent. I'm, I'm sure that's how I would have felt, you know, had it been my children going through this oh, yeah. myself. So, yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, but, yeah, it could be an interesting follow up and um you know, like my husband might be able to relate to your wife and how they deal. With oh, right. Yeah. You know I, mean, what I, mean? yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that I'm easy to deal with. And I can't imagine that yeah. a lot of people who have RPR because sometimes 
it's just so hard to really have someone understand. No matter what, like my wife, well, we, we, we might have a fight or something or a disagreement or something happen. And I always have to say like, well, you know, I'm visually impaired. And she's like, I know, you know, and you're like, but yeah. even though, you know, even if you're, even though you're like, well, you know, I don't see that, you know, like they, they don't, I just still even feel that they don't fully understand. I and mean, we can't I don't really. I think they ever will, Mike. Um, no. I, as, as much as my family and my friends are a huge support to me, unless you've gone through it yourself, you don't know. There's only people like yourself will totally understand <laughs> what I'm going through, or, or what I can cope with in life. You know, it, it's very hard, I think, for them to totally understand and totally get it. Right. That's what makes this fun, though, because. And uh, sometimes I, I have a habit of like losing myself in the podcast because I I try not to make it like I try not to include myself a lot in the podcast, but it's very hard because it's like, hey, I'm getting to talk to somebody else who totally gets what I'm going through or, you know, understands a joke that normally nobody else would get. <laughs> well, don't feel bad about that because I've enjoyed that listening to your podcast. It's just like you having a nice friendly chat with somebody and, and that comes across really well. So yeah, don't, don't feel like that. I think it's oh, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad you got positive. that. Yeah. That's, that's really what, um, cause a lot of some people will tell, you know, some people might tell me, you know, to, Oh, you gotta make sure, you know, it's about the guest. It's not about you. And, and, uh, and, I, and I always tell them, it's very, I don't want it that way. I, I like it kind of like, yeah, me and you happen to meet each other at a, at a coffee, someplace having coffee. And I'm like, hey, you got RP? Oh, yeah, I got RP too. And then we, exactly. we chit chat away. And that's that's how I like it. Like every time I'm, I don't want any kind of background when I get on, like when I'm, when I have a guest come on, I know nothing about them. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's the way I like it because it's like, hey, it's like I'm just meeting you and, and we're, and that's it. Just really, yeah, just a natural conversation. I have, yes, I have questions that I go through and that are kind of a framework to the podcast, but I personally just like it being on the fly and, you know, and how, if you say something, it goes, oh, you know what? That reminds me. Hey, let me ask you that. Yeah, it's more natural, more natural this way. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are there anything like as you've grown up and since you were diagnosed as, you know, as young as you were, did you ever get any type of questions, you know, like people being like, you know, funny, you know, like, oh, can you see this or can you see that or how many fingers am I holding up? You know, like, like, you know, kind of just, you know, kind of making fun of, you know, your condition, so to speak. Not making fun of it, I guess, but awkward, difficult questions such as how much can you actually see? And that is so hard to explain to people because, you know, as far as I can remember, I've always seen things the way I see things. If somebody said, is your eyesight any worse than it was two or three years ago? I know it's the same. I'd have to go back like 20 years to think, oh, yeah, it has. It has gone worse in 20 years. So it's very hard for me to explain to people how much or how little I can see. I suppose I found that the most challenging question. I usually just do like what I always recommend doing to people. I just say, here, give me, here's watch this. I'm like, I just I take my fingers and I put them out towards myself. And then I just slowly bring them in. I go, look, I can't see them. I can't see them. I can't see them. And I keep moving them in. Can't see them. Can't see them. Oh, there they are. <laughs> like, like that's that's kind of how I always, you know. Yeah, it's just a lot of my... Give people a rough idea, you know. My central vision has probably deteriorated a lot as well. I mean, I still do have quite a bit of useful sight. Um, 
yeah, my, my central vision is probably to a fully sighted person, it'd probably look very blurred. <laughs> it's normal to me, but it'd probably look very blurry. <laughs> we're, uh, we're happy. Yeah, we're we're happy with it. We're like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's true. And it's true about what you said about what you said about the night vision thing too. Like, or about just saying like we don't we don't realize what we've never had a healthy eyes, so we actually don't know what it normal people see. We actually don't. Yeah. We we assume that what we're seeing everybody else sees like growing up i didn't you know i i i probably had bad night vision even younger than when i got diagnosed i just didn't realize i wasn't seeing what other people were seeing i, I didn't realize that was normal exactly yeah um and going out at night it's just definite i would not go out at night on my own if i had to then i would have to use my white cane but i tend mm -hmm. to just go out with somebody and, and uh did you drive and, yeah, yeah. I, I don't What's go out on my own in the dark. Oh no, it's not a it's not a good time. That, I tell people that's that's when I'm truly blind. Yeah, yeah. I say, oh, you think I'm you think it's bad during the day? I'm like, no, 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 no. Like nighttime, wait till you see me at night. <laughs> oh yeah, that's when I need truly even need with, help. Uh, even with my husband now, I'll be walking along and I'll be linking his arm, and we'll be outside, and I'll be walking for, and we'll walk into a very dark restaurant. And my, my brakes just go on, and he'll say, "You're fine, you're fine." Oh, yep, yep. I can totally relate to that. And I'm, I'm clinging all the, I'm, with his arm, you know. And he's like, well, that's our first instinct. That's our first instinct is just to do that. Yeah, it's a bit scary at first, isn't it? Oh, I tell my friends, I stop. I'll do that. Like me and my friends are going to a bar, and I'll stop dead. I'll do mm -hmm. the same thing. If I can't see, if I have a moment where I'm not comfortable, mm -hmm. I stop dead and I wait. Yeah, and my friends will just keep walking, and I'm like, "Guys, I ain't going anywhere. I, I lost you." I'm like, "I don't know what's going on." Yeah, <laughs> totally understand that one. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, did you did you drive? No, I um, I, I made the decision quite early on that I, I didn't think it was a good idea. So, did I have enough useful vision back then? I don't know whether I did or not, really. But I just made the decision that it, I, I shouldn't. So, no, I never did. And what you've never maybe, had, you've never lost, you, you know. So. I figured maybe you did only because you did mention you had, you know, pretty good sight in your, um, like, in your early 20s and stuff. Well, it was pretty good compared to now, but it was probably... Oh, not, okay. Probably not like, not what you should... Yeah. Not drivable well, vision. <laughs> I, I don't think it will. Maybe okay. there's some people out there with similar level of sight that do feel safe to drive. I didn't think it was, and... I, you know, I thought I have to think of myself and other people, and I don't think it's safe. So I admit that. Well, you know, plus you made that decision. Yes. A doctor didn't tell you, say, hey, you know, I got to take your license or I got to, you know, I'm taking the, or you shouldn't drive. Because I don't, I don't think that's, it, that's the worst to me is having somebody else make a call on something. Mm, but I, I think they should do that more than they perhaps do. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I think you I think you I think it's good you made your own decision you said you know what yeah I know. Uh, I know my eyesight and I really don't I don't think this is good no no yeah I didn't think it was safe to drive so no but then there's the other side of the things where uh people who with RP have a slow progression like myself and stuff where we drove a good you know a good portion uh some hang on longer than they should because they're they've gotten so good at scanning mm -hmm. and other you know their their brains have basically convinced them that it's not as bad as they think it is that really all it takes is one moment 
and you're, you know, now you're, you're, you're hitting somebody or you're whatever. I mean, it doesn't take much, but they've gotten lucky maybe for years. And so, yeah, there might be a, there, there should be a moment where you're like, that doctor steps in and says, yeah, you, sh- you shouldn't drive. Or, you yeah. know. I think that's dangerous, isn't it? Because um, I always say familiarity brings confidence. So the more familiar you are, are with anything, you have that confidence. Oh, yeah. And um, I had to give up my job at the age of 38 because I knew I was working in an, as a healthcare worker in an elderly person's home. And like I said, when, in my early 20s, I, I felt I could do the job fine. But it was probably getting to my mid-30s, and I thought, oh, I don't know whether I should be doing this job. I, I'm, it's people that I'm looking after. It's other people's lives. Even though I, I knew the place inside out, back to front, I knew the job inside out, back to front. I knew I could do the job. Just these doubts kept creeping in. And I so I went to see my GP um, at the age of 38 and I said, I don't know, what do you think? And he said, yeah, Tracy, I think the time has come for you to admit that perhaps you should not be doing this job. And I would like to retire you on ill health grounds. So I did. Ha- it's a hard decision to make, but I had to make it because I just had to think, yeah, this is other people's lives. I shouldn't be doing this job. <laughs> I'll have to find something else. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I mean, you could hold on for as I mean, you can hold on until literally they forced you out, you know, or something. Well, <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, I didn't want to be responsible if something went wrong, and it was down to me. Mm-hmm. Forgiving myself. No, I agree. That, that's it's a good uh, good way to think. And once again, it's you making that call, yeah, and that's, that's, that kind of gives you a little bit of more, you know, like I don't know. I mean, it just makes me feel better knowing that like we have some control over some things because with RP you have no control over pretty much what's going on. So mm-hmm. it's nice to be like, you made that decision on your own. Like it wasn't made for you. So that's good. And you can move and you did it ahead of time. So it gives you time to, like you yeah. said, move on to doing something else or like, what should I do? Cause I, I lack that. I mean, I, I you know, I, sometimes I'm like, I really probably should be planning for the future, but it's just so hard to plan for the future when you don't know what your future is. No, you don't know what level of sight you'll have. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you don't know. It's like, mm-hmm. I look back and I'm like, you know, I probably could have drove for another couple of years. And I'm like, ah, maybe probably wouldn't have been a good thing. You know, or you look back and you're like, uh, maybe I could have like worked at my job a little bit longer, and, or maybe I worked at my job too long <laughs> and I should have left earlier. I think if I'd have been working in an office dealing with figures and papers, I perhaps would, but because it was people, other people's lives, I think that mm-hmm. put the doubt into my head. But, you know, yeah, that's that's a, that's a much more like higher level of you know. Yeah, you know, you don't. Want, it's one thing to misplace a piece of paper, but to mis- <laughs> you yeah. know, but dealing with the actual person, it's yeah, exactly much yeah. different. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like being like, you know, I, I have RP, but I'm still gonna be a race car driver, <laughs> you know, and just that's okay, you know, I, I can still do this, and then you get you know, it's like how many times can you make those laps before something bad happens? Yes, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know you do your, your running. I uh, there in Bury there is a, a running track, mm-hmm. uh, and there is a, a really good running group that meet once a week, and uh, they a lot of their runners have been trained to be guide runners for vision impaired, and it's it's really good. I've, I've gone along to that a few times, and um, 
you can have the, the tether if you want to be tethered to a, um, a guide runner or I just ran alongside a fully sighted runner and I feel so safe on that track because I can see the white lines. I know mm-hmm. there's nothing in my way. There's not going to be any steps or any uneven paving stones or any bollards to get into. So I just feel so safe on that track. No, but I would not feel like that running out on the pavements. Now, sometimes I don't even feel safe walking, so I certainly wouldn't feel safe running. Um, if you have a guide runner, like, I mean, like I've done both. I mean, I'm with you on the track. Like, I was, I ran track in high school, and, like, that's that's honestly my home. I just did, like, my last two marathons I did last year, I did on the track, and it was uh-huh. it was a great experience. I did have guides, you uh-huh. know, with me, but I really, I, only because they, they were more support runners than anything, because I said, I honestly could have done it by myself, because, like you said, I could you could still see the the lines and, and all that stuff. And um but I think if you can do that and you get used to you kind of build a trust with the person that is guiding you and then okay. that's the most important thing. And then you have to kind of, you know, understand that they're, they're you know, they're gonna give you a heads up on, you know, if there's uneven terrain or, you know, a cone or something or a curb coming and things like that. So I wouldn't definitely get discouraged. I mean, if you're, if you like running on a track, definitely it's, it's definitely worth it to go run on the road too. It is but. building up, building up that rapport or like you say with mm-hmm. your, your mm-hmm. guide runner. I, I know some in the group, they have gone on, they've done now some park runs at the weekend and some have gone on to do the 5k and the 10k. And I think one or two have done marathons with their, their guide runners too. But it's just fitting into my busy life right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. I actually yeah. saw an article someone shared with me where a guy was determined he wanted to run. He was a a blind runner and he wanted to run without a guide. And he wanted this company to make the technology happen for him to be able to do it. And they did. Like they, I don't know how it works, but he was actually able to run on the road without a guide. And I don't know. I mean, I've like I, said, I have no clue how the technology works exactly, but uh, he did it. So oh. I don't know how it give So it's a, things are happening. Oh, <laughs> isn't that technology is wonderful? Yeah, it is. That certainly helps us a great deal. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, like you said, de- definitely, it's 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 kind of tough to get this from like my when I look at it though is like I'm with Achilles International and I get a guide every time, but it's usually sometimes it's a different guide so it's hard to build that kind of you know that you know bond with somebody when you're not with them all the time i do have certain uh, guide runners that i have run a lot of races with mm-hmm. so when i do run when i'm when when they're guiding me i definitely have a sense of more you know calm yes than if i'm going to run and be with somebody that hasn't maybe it's their first time doing it or you know whatever so you know it's mm-hmm. it's definitely something where you'll you'll build confidence the more and more you you do it. And but the track is a great way, yeah. I think to uh to really start out if you want to become a runner, not become a runner, but if, yeah, if, that, a, if you enjoy running, that's a maybe for the future. I'll just park. <laughs> yeah, that's. I may I may go back to to doing the running. Yeah. Well, it's it's nice because we know we so many things get taken from us, so it's nice to actually be able to look on your. You actually have things. You so many things. You you can't even actually fit them in. You have so many things that you can do, and it's yeah. great. So yeah. this gives you. We're just you're just adding more and more things, you know, to that, you know, that resume of things that you you know I can still do this. I can do that. Some people don't think they can run. Like there's people out there that don't realize that, you know, guide runners exist. So it's really you know like I didn't know that until 
2014. I didn't realize that, you know, there was something called Achilles and they offer, they provide guide runners for disabled athletes. I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is amazing. <laughs> so many things out there for, for all lots of different sports. If, you know, if there's a vision impaired person that wants to do a sport, most of them, there'll be a way around it. And, and oh, yeah. Not just sports, you know, like um, learning a musical instrument. I, I started to learn the keyboard and um, that was really good. I, you know, a guy came into the Blind Society and he was teaching people how to play the guitar and the keyboard. And you know, that, that was great. You know, the, um, like I said, the skiing and oh, oh, and the theatre, the drama and, and learning a foreign language. You know, I can't see the written word. I don't read and write French. I just listen to it. Mm-hmm, my teacher mm-hmm. is so good. She um she records everything. Whatever we've done in the class that day, and if she sets any homework, she'll send me an audio file. So I'll just listen and I'll just remember it. And I'll, yeah, and that's how I learn a foreign language. So whatever you want to do, there is probably a way around it. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like you said, it's, it comes from somebody like, you know, our, ourselves when we're like, hey, you know, I want to do this. How can I do this? And then, you know, and if there's not a way to do it, we'll, yeah, we'll figure it out. And and now that spreads and then spread the word that, you know, hey, this is how we do it. Yep. <laughs> so that's why another great thing about what I love about this podcast is there are so many little tricks that, you know, you're doing or I'm doing and other people are doing that not everybody is realizing they, they should do, you know, just little tricks, everyday life, you know, about how to handle certain situations. And uh, maybe, and, and, and it's kind of like how I was shared the, um, I wanted to use the weight room at the, my, my gym, mm-hmm. but I wasn't comfortable being in there because I didn't want someone staring at me going, why is this dude tripping on everything? Why is this dude doing it? like, so I took that moment when it was empty to go inside and do some spy missions and take pictures with my phone. Mm-hmm. And I took pictures of every area possible and then went back home and looked them on my phone. And then kind of, now I memorized the layout. So now I knew where to walk and I knew where the where the where certain machines were that I wanted to use and weights and, and all that stuff. Haven't we got good memories? We remember everything, don't we? You know, I think we have to. Oh, we have to. <laughs> a lot of my friends have said, oh, you'll never suffer from Alzheimer's, will you? Because you're meant to go and go and go. I have to remember everything. Yeah. And um, that's why I like going to restaurants and bars where I've been before because I just know. Oh, yeah. I know where everything is. I know where the bathroom is and I can go on my own. Yep. Oh, that's the most important part. You need to know the bathroom. Because <laughs> uh, uh, my husband and I do like traveling a lot and we like eating out at nice restaurants. So we'll we'll be in a nice restaurant, for example, somewhere where I've never been before. And I oh, I need the bathroom. So my husband will say, well, I'll go first and find out where they are. So, okay. <laughs> so he goes and he comes back to the table and he, he'll give me the very clear instructions. For example, um, Tracy, you'll have to walk to the end there. And when you get to the bar, you turn right. And then you'll walk to the end of the bar. And then there'll be three steps down and there's a handrail on your right. And then when you get to the bottom of there, there's two doors on your right. And the ladies is the second door. I've got that now. I've got that in my mind. That's and, I <laughs> and I can get back to the table. Oh, <sighs> that is great. I'm, I'm hey. usually like, Sorry? I'll have one of my friends guide. I, I usually just have one of my friends guide me to the bathroom. Yeah, which is all right when I go out with my girlfriends. That's fine. Oh, yeah. 
Little girls yeah. go to the bathroom together. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Right. Let's go, girls. <laughs> going with your husband. Uh, a bit strange. I don't know. But well, then we'll go to some other restaurants. In the, you know, and it'll be totally different. He'll come back to the table and he'll say, "Oh." You'll never be able to go on your own. I said, oh, no, why? He said, Tracy, it's down so many dark corridors. It's down three flights of stairs with so many doors. I just, oh, well, you'll have to come with me. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah so no, you're I right, though. I sorry. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, like, um, you know, RP is all about, like, like around, around our house, like, we probably, you know, you know exactly where everything in your house is, and that's why it's so easy to navigate inside our houses without you know you don't you don't use a cane inside your house nope <laughs> we, we know where everything is but the moment you move something in your house you trip on it every single time i bet well in my house everything has its place and everything stays in its place and nobody, <laughs> nobody's allowed to move it <laughs> yeah so i know where it. it is <laughs> because i find myself sometimes you know if i'm cleaning or whatever and say i put the vacuum cleaner or something like in the hallway or whatever since it's not always in the hallway, I'll go to just walk down the hallway real quick to do something, and boom, I'll walk right into the right into it because it's not always there. It's not. It's, it's you know, it's all about routine and with RP and stuff like that. Like you said, knowing if you tell me everything in in a room, yeah, we'll 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 have no problem knowing you know where to go. But the moment you were to shift something in that room, and then sent us back out in that room, like we would we'd probably trip on that one thing. No problem. We'll find it. <laughs> No, I've just got a very good memory. Like I say, if somebody tells me directions, good. I'll just remember that. And <laughs> yeah, I'll, it's like good. a map in my head, and I'll just know. I'll know where to go. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do you experience the dreaded wet floor sign? You could say I have experienced that one too. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a relationship with the wet floor sign? <laughs> um, yeah. Usually in the gym, that's the worst place. No, what, what I can't understand is why are they all yellow? I mean, when I walk, <laughs> why, when I walk into the gym, the floor mm. the, of the foyer where you walk in is black. That's fine. A yellow wet floor sign on a black floor. I have oh, great. Chance of, yeah, there's a contrast there. Right. I have mm-hmm. chance of seeing that. But then the same yellow wet floor signs are in the beautifully tiled changing rooms that are cream. Oh. and i just yeah i just do oh yeah cream white or anything like that it's like no yeah. not enough contrast no contrast so no contrast. um one day i kicked one of them over and the lady who was cleaning was in there she said oh tracy don't worry everybody knocks these over don't worry it's not just you and i said i just don't see it because of the color i said you know why don't they do them in another color for different floor co- coverings and I went off to have my shower and I came back and she came over to me. And she said, oh, I've been looking on the Internet. Yeah, we can get them in blue. I said, oh, that, that would help. I'm sure if I, if the wet floor sign was blue on a white, yeah, and a cream or yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah especially mm-hmm. if it's dark blue, I, I might stand a chance of seeing that. Needless to say, these blue wet floor signs have never materialized. I'm sure the management must think, oh, that's more cost that we're not going to pay out. I don't know, but. Yes, the wet floor signs are still yellow, and I still walk into them. If I if I have not one over and I look down and I see it, then mm-hmm. I possibly will pick it up. But if it's gone skidding across the floor, then you're it, like, you're done. It, it just like <laughs> right now. No. Just keep just keep just keep walking. 
<laughs> nope. Cuz even even with a cane you're going to knock it over. Like it like I was thinking about that. Like you, you, the cane can save you from like tripping on it, but then I'm thinking the cane with the cane you're gonna knock it over. You are because they're so so they're so flimsy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like shh, yeah. No. I, no. I think there's. I've always said it before, and I'm gonna keep saying it that I think they should make it a hologram. Mm-hmm. There should be a projector you put or something they have where like if it's a wet floor sign it just projects the like the sign it projects the image of a wet floor sign. Yeah. The, the technology exists. I'm sure it does. So, or you know you put the wet floor sign it's always in the area where you're walking right it's always actually in a high traffic area yeah they don't put the sign off to the side because normally you would think a regular a, a normally sighted person could see a wet floor sign off to the side mm-hmm. so put it off to the side just make sure it's not in the actual walking area well, not, it makes sense to you and I, but obviously not. It does. <laughs> oh, there's so many things. We see, we see that all the time. Like, But like someone said to me on my podcast, said, you know, the world actually should adapt to us. They should, we, we should not have to adapt to the world. Yeah. And, and in, the, in the most part, it does, doesn't it? There's, there's things that do. Um, you know, like I said, we love to travel. And mm-hmm. um, we'll get to an airport. Um, my husband calls my white cane um, my magic wand. Yeah. <laughs> you get to a, the airport and the concourse is sort of packed with people and I've usually got a suitcase, he's got a suitcase, and he's trying to navigate around. And it's just easier for me to use my white cane. It's just he doesn't have to look after me. Right. People will often come over, you know, and the snaking round to the check-in desks people will often come over and say oh no you don't need to do that you come over here and it just makes life so much easier that we oh, can totally. go through you know a, a quicker route through the uh, check-in and then through um the security and yeah yep. i find most airports that that is there you know the help's there and they understand and it yeah that that is really good <laughs> no definitely yeah like I mean, I don't know if, I mean, I'm sure you've brought your cane to the bar or, you know, and I mean, the first time I did, I mean, I remember like, like you said, the guy was like coming over, they were asking my friends, making sure I was okay. And could, if they, you know, could help out in any way, blah, blah, blah. And it was definitely a cool experience to my, the first time I ever brought um, my cane into a bar. It was, it was really, it definitely was different than going there and just trying to navigate and look like a drunk person. <laughs> Yeah, I think people are far more understanding when when they when they see the white cane because mm. if you just saw me out in the street, I mean, I don't have the dark glasses, I don't, I yeah. don't have the yeah. white cane, I don't have a guide dog, so they might just think I'm fully sighted. They don't realise there's a problem. But if I oh, have I c- something like a white cane with me, then they'll ah, oh, I, I get it now, I understand. Yeah, they they put two and two together. Yeah. Oh, I constantly the, there's a a package store or you know a liquor store that I go to nearby and um. I know it so well that sometimes I don't go in with my cane, but then there's times where if I'm walking, if I'm walking down there by myself and like my wife doesn't drive me there, I'll obviously be I'll have my cane with me, uh, and I've and I've been asked like one guy finally asked me like you know I've seen you come in here without a cane, but I've seen you also come in here with a cane, you know I thought the cane is supposed to be like you know I I know the the cane's usually for people who are blind and I'm like well and then I you know. 
and he was nice about it. So I kind of, you know, I was able to explain it as much, you know, about the situation and tell him about how I technically know the area really, really well in here, and I really don't need it. Um, but like you, like you say, I use it because it's an identifier mm-hmm. that if I happen to accidentally bump into somebody in that liquor store, mm-hmm. it's it's easier to be like they look at it and go, oh, okay. Versus someone, I bump into someone, they're like, hey, what the heck, you know? Now, I don't, now it's, that, you know. That, that guy in the shop asked you, I think it's really nice that he asked you, because that is just creating awareness. That guy understands now, you know, and there must be so many people out there that just don't understand, because it's, um, it's a hidden disability often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't realize that you're not either fully sighted or blind, that there's so much in between all of that and so many different levels of sight loss. and. And it's just creating awareness, like your podcast is, is doing now, it's creating awareness to people. That's what we're all about at the Very Blind Society. We want to create awareness of what it is like living with a visual impairment and um, all mm. the different levels and issues that we can come across. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was he was really nice about it. So I wasn't like, I wasn't really offended or anything, which no. I was happy. It's, he seemed like he just wanted to like, you yeah. know, learn, be educated. I'm so. never offended. If somebody asked me, I, I'm pleased they've asked. Because I think he apologized. I was like, "Why not? That's okay." I'm like, "No, I'm, I, 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 any chance I have to like actually educate somebody, like that's cool." Yeah. <laughs> no, I think yeah. that's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy if people ask me questions. But it's true though, because people, you're right. People will tend to think cane is blind. Yeah. If you have a cane and you're wearing glasses, you're blind. Yeah, <laughs> and very few people yeah. are, and it's a very small percentage that have total sight loss. You know. Yeah, so it's yeah, uh, it's it's such an interesting thing. Now I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping one day it becomes a point where RP is, or at least the knowledge of RP is as relevant as known as cancer. Like everybody knows cancer. You can go around the world and say cancer, and everybody knows what cancer is mm. but you can't approach everybody and say hey i've got retinitis pigmentosa they'd look at you like like you had six heads and <laughs> yeah. there's some eye conditions not... that are more common that people will have heard of you know like macular degeneration glaucoma, oh yes yeah glaucoma yeah people will will have heard of those but rp no it's 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 rare enough and, 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 you, and you can't say rp because if you say rp that really would confuse them <laughs> Look, I got RP. Oh well, what's RP? Retinitis pigmentosa. It's a very long word, so I'll just call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna say this. <laughs> yeah. So that's now. I think I'm, I'm. I hope, like, especially now that you know there are actually TV shows with people who have RP, and like, I'm hoping like more and more of that becomes kind of common. You know, like people go, "Oh, I know what that is." Like, you know, and, and that, that'd be that'd be cool. We're noticing it more and more that there are vision impaired people in um, TV programs and on television adverts as well. I uh, actually had an audition um, last year for uh, a TV commercial where they wanted a vision impaired actress. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, and I've seen the, the TV adverts since, and yeah, so, and they have used a vision impaired actress in that role. So I think it is becoming more and more. You know, people are trying to create that awareness. Well, I think they're also realizing that, like, wow, these people can do a lot. Sometimes mm-hmm. some people are not realizing. Like, 
you know, we can do a lot, a lot of things. So they automatically kind of just, you know, oh, I don't want that, you know. I mean, back in the day, I'm sure they probably would just pick somebody and have them act like they're visually impaired. They, they wouldn't actually to. go, they wouldn't actually go find somebody. Yep. No, no, no. I want somebody who's actually visually impaired. I don't want an actor or actress that acts like they are visually impaired. Like I want to find somebody that actually has the condition who acts. They have done that in the past in film and TV dramas. and They have employed a fully sighted person to play the role of a visually impaired person. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are enough visually impaired actors and actresses out there. So why not choose somebody yeah. who actually has, yeah, like, yeah. Plus but it comes off I'm more natural. Yeah, I had to congratulate the people who who were creating this commercial. I, I did. I, con- I said, well, I just want to congratulate you. you. You are looking for a visually impaired woman to play this role, and I just applaud you for that. Yeah, yeah that's 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 a, an awesome thing to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually I I, I auditioned actually because for the that show in uh, Into the Dark, that one that's on Netflix, they were looking for. Um, I guess someone play her boyfriend or a possible love interest, I think. And it was a, you know, they, but they were actually looking for somebody visually impaired. You yeah. know, I was like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. <laughs> so even like, at least like in Hollywood anyway, that, 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 and then, you know, just acting in general and stuff like that, like that, that logic is starting to change. Which is good. Yeah. All for the best. So, so we're getting somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, but what I'm thinking is, okay, imagine how insulting it would be, though. Like, say you go for an audition and you lose out to someone who's fully sighted for the part. And, like, and of some, like, say you're trying out for, you're actually auditioning for the role of somebody who's visually impaired. And yeah. then somebody else auditions for it and gets it who isn't visually impaired. And like, like that, that, I'd be like, what the, I, how did I not get this? <laughs> I, I wouldn't understand that either. No, I'd be like, oh my God, like what? <laughs> wait, wait a second, I, yeah, I have it. <laughs> what do you mean I didn't, I didn't do it well enough? <laughs> like I actually have it. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. I, I, I imagine that would create some, uh, some drama. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when did you actually start using a cane? Um, it was probably about only about five years ago. I probably should have started using. It. I have also a symbol cane. I don't know if you have those in the states. The- like an identification cane. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Simple cane, just for crossing a you know busy road or whatever, just to alert drivers. You know that had visual. Impact. Okay. But mm-hmm. um, actually using the long white cane. Um, so I think it was five years ago. Yeah, uh, a lot of my friends, my vision pair friends, said, "Tracy, you know, you should, you should do the rehabilitation now while you've enough sight, and then you'll just slowly adapt to it, rather than wait until the the bitter end when you really do need one. You know, get the training in now." So it was good advice. Um, I think what triggered it was here in the UK we have. Um, a yearly conference, it's called Visionary. It's a yearly conference where all the the big nationals and the local wine societies meet up for, for a, a conference over a weekend. And I'd gone there with uh, the CEO of the society. And 
she's used to me. She's, she's known me for years and she sees me coming in very confident and getting on with my life very confidently. And in the daytime there, I was fine. And I was walking from the hotel where we were staying to the conference hall fine. And then at the nighttime, we'd gone back to the hotel and we'd got, we'd got changed and we were going back for an evening conference and an evening meal. And I suddenly couldn't see anything. And I'm gripping hold of her arm. And I'm saying, you'll have to tell me where the steps are. And she said, Tracy, what's happened to this confident woman that I've, I've been with in the day? And I said, well, this is what it's like. This is my blindness. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're like a totally different person. And I said, yeah, and this is why I probably need the long cane training. She said, I think you do. She says, I'm really shocked. And it was the first time she'd seen a huge difference in the same person from day to night. And she said it was an experience even for her to see how different I was. So I think when I came home from that conference, I thought, I think it's time that I have this long yeah. training. So yeah, about five years ago. I don't use it all the time, um, but in uh, in the dark and definitely in unfamiliar places, I will use it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you've actually done for a long time without actually having to use a cane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can get about okay. I can, um, you know, that use public transport. That the, the bus stop is only a ten minute walk from my home, so I can mm-hmm. get on the bus and get to the library or the theatre or the Blind Society or the gym, or you know, independently and get home. Um, I could do that okay without it. But it's- so I feel like I feel like I wouldn't see that. I could. I. Could, I- if I'm leaving my house, like, I feel like I would need it. Even though, like, yes, I've, like, I've dropped my son off to school for getting my cane because, yeah, I, I could navigate pretty well. And I've done the walk so many times that I know where the holes in the ground are and things like that. So I don't, that's why I avoid them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I just feel like if I don't have it, that's going to be the one moment. Like, that's going to be the one time that, you know, I trip and fall into something or you know, somebody decided to put something that wasn't there before and then that's why I trip on it, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I, I feel like it's a, it's a safety thing. I feel like I, I need, it's like, it's a, it just makes me feel more comfortable. I think in a way having it. I, I probably should use it more than I do. And I probably will. I always, like I say, I always carry the thimble cane with me. So I, I do always have that, but I probably mm-hmm. should carry the long cane, tra- the long cane with me more, right. more than I probably do. Well, my mom's moment was, uh, I think my mom says it was when she fell down a manhole cover oh, that gosh. wasn't covered. Oh, gosh. I think that was the moment she realized that she said she should be using it. I think, I thought, I think that's other the reason, that's other, when she realized she should get a dog, or that was the moment she realized she should, she needs a cane, because, yes, they didn't rope it off, and she fell down the manhole. Luckily, she was, you know, she hurt, but luckily she wasn't, like, you know, hurt really, really bad, but, and uh, that's the things I worry about. Because like I was saying before, that a lot of people don't think about when they're doing things, road construction and all that stuff, they're not actually thinking about could a visually impaired person also see this? Yeah. No, they're thinking they're thinking that, hey, well, I can see that this is here. We should we don't have to cut we don't have to do this because most people should be able to notice that this is there's a hole in the ground. No, yeah. that's not that's not true. <laughs> you know, that's not. You know, you, you there should be especially stuff like that and, and the road, you know, construction and things like that. Like there definitely needs to be more awareness for the visually impaired. Um, Cause I, I experienced a lot around my area where 
you know, they'll be building new sidewalks and things, which is great. I look forward to using them. Um, but when they're doing it, they'll have areas of the ground dug up, big holes and all that stuff, but they're not covered properly. And I've almost fell in them a couple of times. And only because, only reason I didn't is because I had seen them enough, far enough ahead, you know, where I was like, okay, I see that there's something there. I got to make sure I don't step in there, you know. And But it, that's, it's, those are this, those little things like that where it doesn't take much for someone to get seriously hurt. That's right. Okay, I will start using it more often. <laughs> yep, you don't want you don't want to experience that one day when they're doing construction and you're like, oh, you know, I've been down here though, and then you go, yeah, God forbid, you know, it's not because of you, it's because somebody else was negligent, exactly. you know, and and didn't put something out that maybe you would have seen if there was like cone, if there were some cones around, you know, the area and stuff, you would have seen the contrast and seen that, mm-hmm. but uh, oh, I mean, I had one time I left my. Uh, apartment and they were digging up my driveway to um to service the the pipes and they had this giant rectangle dug in the driveway with no cones around it nothing nothing it wasn't roped off and it it was black so it matched like the since it was dark the hole was dark and it matched the driveway i didn't notice there was a hole there so i'm walking i didn't realize there was a hole there that was about six feet deep or more until I just got to it and I saw the top of the construction worker's head, his helmet. I saw his helmet. Yeah. And I stopped just in time. And I'm like, and I was like, and I yelled at the dude. I was like, you can't be, you, this is dangerous. It was, this is an over six foot hole. I go, I'm visually impaired and I almost fell down it. You know, this has to be roped off. Uh, I was pissed. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, that could have been very dangerous. And then, and then there's kids around. Yes. Yeah. And they're not always oh um, totally aware of what's going on, are they? They're right. Yeah. Before they know it, yeah. I'm like, not even just me, but like, I'm like, man, there's 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 kids around here. Like, this this is clearly about like that guy who had to be probably six feet tall, and he was under the hole, so it was like it, it was like a good over six foot drop, and that would hurt. Mm. Well, so, maybe yeah, it, he learned a lesson that day, and maybe he's never done that. Oh, I did. I don't normally like. I really don't know. I don't. I don't like to be super confrontational, like, but that was a day where I was just like, no, like when you endanger me, yeah, like that, that, that flipped that switch. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. I, I, I was like, this is not happening. But that's, but that's it. So it's not, it's not so much, even if you feel you can do it, it's like someone saying, oh, I can feel I can drive. Oh, I feel I can drive. You know, I'm okay. It doesn't take, it just takes somebody else to, you know, not, do something right for you to hit them. So it's the same idea, I think, with a cane. Even though you feel like, oh, I can make it here, I can make it here, you know, it only takes somebody else doing something because they're not aware, yeah. you know, to mess you up, you know. So, but yeah, definitely, I, I, you know, I definitely recommend it. I mean, but it's, I mean, once again, it's it's your life, though. <laughs> no, no, I'm taking it on board, what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. I I said that to a girl once. I had her, she had her, I had her on my podcast, and she was like, oh, I'm still driving. And it from the talk, from the podcast, it sounded like her vision was a lot worse than mine. Oh. And I had stopped driving years ago. And I'm like, I, and I told her, I go, I'm, you know, you don't have to listen to me, but your RP is telling you, that you're okay your brain is confusing you. your brain is telling you that hey i can still drive and stuff because it's filling in those gaps and you don't actually realize how bad your vision is um i wouldn't drive anymore if i were you but that's just my that's just my you know call you know you know that my 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 experience i i can't i'm not in your shoes in terms of 
you know, how far it is, how bad your vision is, but I have RP like you, and I can say, judge, judging on what you're telling me, you have a lot worse vision than me, you know, when I stop driving. Yeah. So, you know, she I, thought about it. She was, yeah, I'm like, I'm just, I'm like, just keep that in mind. <laughs> and I know it's, it's probably silly pride sometimes, but I sometimes mm-hmm. think it's not a good look with the white cane, especially if I'm just oh, no, yeah. going out in an evening. You know, I'm having a nice <laughs> I'm high here. In front of this, this was really funny, actually, when the rehab officer came to me for the, the, the very first day for the long cane training. And she mm-hmm. said to me, um, I'd just like to ask, what is it you want to get out of this? I'd like to know that I'm offering you the right training for you. What is it you want to get out of this? And I said, well, I want to be able to walk in my four-inch heels after drinking a bottle of wine in the dark. And she just looked at me and said, I don't think it's advisable for you to walk in four-inch heels after a bottle of wine in the dark. Well, this is what I want to do. (laughs) But, you know, I'm just thinking, does the white cane really go with the outfit? No, that, that's silly, isn't it? But I keep thinking I need to get some little Swarovski crystals so well, it looks. Yeah, like make it look. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, bedazzle it. Make it. Yeah. You know, make it look. Yeah. You know, make it look nice. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think I might have to do that. There's a a woman I follow on Instagram. I forgot her name, but she's actually she models with a cane. Yeah. Well, I've I have done some modeling. I did some modeling uh, for a few charity um, organizations. We've done a few. Um, and yeah, I've done some modeling, but I've often wondered, should I go down the catwalk with my white cane? There you go. Yeah, why not? See, that's, that's what's going to make you feel more comfortable. See, yeah. the things like that are, what, are what's going to make you go, you know, yeah. yeah, I don't care what people think. I'm going to use my cane, you know, boom. If I ever get asked to do another fashion show, then I uh, I might just do it with white, white cane. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm actually currently at my own crossroads right now. My license is actually officially expired because just before I stopped driving, I actually renewed my license. So, the year I stopped driving, my license was still like good for another like four or five years. Uh, so now I've reached the moment where I have to decide: uh, Do I attempt? Because I always joked that I would always renew my license no matter how bad my vision get. I would just somehow walk in, know where the camera is to look, you know, take my picture. And, and leave and this way it's kind of saying I believe that there's still hope that in five years from now that I'm going to be able to drive again that's that's always been my my feeling I feel like when I stopped driving it was 10 years I figured 10 years from the time I stopped driving I think there'll be a cure and uh so now I'm at that point now halfway through that where I have to other decide to other renew my license mm-hmm. attempt to Make it look like I'm a sighted person, walk in, renew my license like nothing, somehow. Mm-hmm. Or get a regular ID and then start doing mobility training, maybe looking to get a dog and, you know, that. Or do I want to – and it, I feel like if I did that, I feel like I'm giving up and I'm giving in to the disease. But then on the other hand, if I say, hey, you know, well, I'm going to renew my license – and then it's like, am I just, is it just wishful thinking? Am I just holding on to something that I need to let go of? You know, so it's, 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 it's such a, a an internal battle. I don't think you know? you're giving in to the disease. I don't. And if there, you know, if there is a cure 10, 20 years down the line and, and you can be like a, a fully, a fully sighted again, could you not re Yeah, just go get... Yeah. 
my license again. Yeah, my friend asked me that question because I asked my friend. I said I told him what I wanted to do, and he's like, "Well, well, he's like, well, what do you like? Do you have to get your license again if you didn't have one, or would you have to retest?" I'm like, I'm, I'm assuming. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming I would have to take a test again, just like a normal, yeah. like you would normally do, like when you know, if if I say switched over and just got a regular ID and then gave up driving permanently. I said, I mean, gave up the notion anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another part of me. It's like, is it just going to be easier for me just to renew my license than go through the whole process of having to apply for a regular ID? Cause I could just renew my license. I could just go in, take the picture and go and be all set. And then this way, I just want, I just want an ID. It's, a, you know, I'm fine with Like I use my license as an ID. Uh, yeah. A lot of people do, don't they? Um, and uh-huh. often the visually impaired people will be asked for ID and if they don't travel and they haven't got a passport and they haven't got a driver license I haven't got anything you know with my photograph yeah. on to, for the ID mm-hmm. so yeah people do use it for, for ID don't they well I was thinking today walking with my son we were I think I was discussing this or saying something about that yeah we were talking about you know this and um and I thought to myself well maybe I could still renew my license the license is only good for like five six years and I don't see myself getting a dog anytime soon because honestly, we couldn't afford to really take care of another dog, uh, you know, because even though, you know, because here, I mean, I have to pay for everything. We still have to pay for all the food. We have to pay for the vet stuff. So, I mean, yeah, I, they'll provide the dog, right. you know, but I mean, it's still another mouth to feed. It's still another, you know, it's still another, you know, things to take care of that. So I probably wouldn't even get a dog anytime soon. So technically, I could technically want to renew my license and just let it go for five, six years. And then at that point decide, all right, now I need to go and get my mobility training and get, you know, and so just, there's lots of thoughts and I know, and it's funny because only you would understand this and other people with RP listening right now would understand like what I'm talking about. But if I mean, if I said this to like, you know, I've said this to my wife and I've said this to other people and I don't think they understand how big a deal this is. Like, it's like, I'm going, I feel like, it's like you're leaving another part of yourself and now you're going on to the next chapter of, of this, you know, the progression of the disease. Like when I left my job, that was like phase two. Yeah. Now I'm a stay home dad. Now I'm on disability, but mm-hmm. I'm still kind of sighted. I'm not fully, I'm in the middle still. I'm still not, I'm not a fully sighted guy and I'm not blind. So I'm still in the middle, but I feel like once I give up that license and I get a regular ID and I take mobility training and I get a dog, now I am closer to the other side of blind. Now I'm farther away from, you know, being in the gray area. I'm more in now this area now, and you know, and I and I and I'm I don't want to like you said like I'm not like I'm giving up or giving into the disease or anything. I guess I don't. But at the same time, I feel like the disease is controlling that decision where I want to control that decision. Yeah, and it's like you're perhaps so. have to just turn that around and try and think of it in a more positive way. That mm-hmm. like getting a, a dog or whatever it would just open up a whole new world. Like when I thought it was going to be the end of the world, leaving my job and mm-hmm. having, but then it opened up all this other world to me. You know, that's when I got more involved with the blind society and I started learning French and I started going to the gym and I started I went on a an IT course. I started to learn the computer and and then the theatre and I just thought. I wouldn't be doing all of this if I was still working. So it's opened up all this new world to me. 
So unless oh, I, that part I agree with because after oh. when I left my job, that's what happened. I, I got more into fitness and yeah. I started doing more, you know, fitness thing. I realized what my real passion was actually, you know, uh, fitness, you know, and things like that. And and obviously now I've picked up this podcast last, you know, I started doing this yeah. last year. Oh, to, sorry, not last year, but the year before. I keep forgetting. I I keep thinking we're in 2020 because it's just all molds <laughs> together. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. No, a lot of opportunities that I've had since leaving my job would not have happened if I had not decided to leave there. So I know that if I make this decision and I do this, that yeah, well, that could open up could. a whole new yeah, world. right, a positive thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think my my issue is I'm not a positive person. I'm not a negative person. I'm a realist. Positive, yeah, yeah. I'm a realist. The um, phrase over there, we always have the phrase: "Are you a glass half full or a glass half empty?" Do you have that phrase? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, a positive person would say the glass is half full. So I always think I am a a, a glass half full kind of person. I, I try and stay positive. Where where I'm more of a it's a glass full of water. It's that's that I, that's how I look at it. It's just I don't look at it half full or half empty. It's just a glass of water. <laughs> like a, that's the realist. That's that's the realistic view on it for me. Like that's how I'm a realist. Like that you can put that in front of me and say, "Hey, what do we got? Is that glass half full?" I say, "That's just a glass of liquid. That's what it is." <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? I know. I, 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 I know I, I, what you mean. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, but yeah, but that's why. Like, I I think more as a realist versus being. A pessimist or a, you know optimistic person i'm a realist i just I, yeah. I i have to look at what's in front of me and say well based on what's in front of me this is this is this is this is what's up whereas an optimistic person might say oh well no 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 you don't know the future you know you might be okay you might be there might be a cure or the negative person the pessimistic person might say oh no no, no. i'm going blind i'm blind i'm useless i'm the realist so i'm i look at something and i just go okay i have this much vision I could do this this way and still do it. Mm -hmm. So like I still have to, I approach things in a very just realistic way. Not I could do that and just, I, I could do anything I want. Like that to me, that'd be a, I feel like an optimistic person and, you know, and maybe I should be more optimistic, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some of the reason I, I think I just always lean to just being a realistic person, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you put that glass in front of me. I should go, I should feel like, Oh no, that's that, that glass is half, is half full of liquid. No, I'm just going, I'm just telling you straight up. It's like, oh, that's, that's, I just want to know what, what's the liquid in that beverage in, in that glass. <laughs> like if you put, if it's beer, if you put out a glass of beer and you put it down and it's a half full glass of beer, I'm just going to go, that's a, that's beer in a glass. <laughs> so, yeah. But I think what the good thing is though, I think we all should laugh more and, 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 I definitely say you should make fun of yourself and stuff because I definitely do not. I mean, I don't want to become one of those bitter, like blind people. I don't want to just become like, just so like down about the whole thing and get depressed about it. I try not to, I try, you know, it'd be uh, easy to, wouldn't it? Um, at times, like I say, I still get frustrated at times and it would be very easy. And I, if that washes over me, then I, I try and push it away and think of the positive and try and think of, um, you know everything that's good in my life, and and try and push away that that negative thought because what would it achieve? Is what I say to myself. What mm -hmm. all it's going to do is just make you even more miserable. Perhaps make everybody around you miserable. It's not going to achieve anything. You've got to try and cope with this and deal with life. Dealt you with this, so you've just got to deal with it and get on with it. And, like that. 
that's the way I try and, and approach things. Because you know we all gotten we you know you know you've sworn or said or gotten really mad when you like walked into something in your house. <laughs> like we all have those moments. Like we all we know when like you forget you close you didn't close the cabinet door and you walked yeah. into it. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, and it's like I've had those days where I'm like, if that happens one more time, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> but then there's days where I'm like, I'll I'll you know I'll, I'll walk into something and then I'll laugh. <laughs> <laughs> just be like oh that's there <laughs> yeah it's like the, the scenario i was saying before about not being able to find the bathroom in a restaurant on my own mm -hmm. you know, gosh i could have my husband take me to the bathroom now <laughs> and i really and i could get a bit down about that you know how does that look right. to everybody yeah. else yeah. in the restaurant and then i think hey I'm in a really nice restaurant here, a really, really nice restaurant. I'm very yeah, so lucky that go. I can come here. And and so that's how I try and turn it around in my head. But, you know, like try and see the positive here. Or I still like make, I used to joke with my friends. Like my friends would trip on something and I would tell them not to take my job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, please don't take my job. Uh, that's yeah. that's clearly what I have to do. Yeah. <laughs> Not you. Yeah, yeah. You have to, yeah, you have to definitely. Hey, guy, you pick your lane. I'm the blind guy. <laughs> like, I used to, I was the blind guy to my friends, which I actually loved that. Like, my friends always referred to me as the blind at night guy. <laughs> so, and I was, and I was cool with that because it made me feel like I was just one of them. I was one of my friends. And, you know, they didn't, they didn't make me feel like I was, you know, oddball or anything. Yeah. So, no. So, there's definitely, yeah, you're right. A lot of positive, uh, a positive way to look at things. Yeah, uh, I once helped a, a, a girl. She was doing um, it was a degree in something, and she had to interview visually impaired people anyway. And she asked, "Would would I mind?" And so I said, "No, no, fine." So she's asking me questions, and she said, "Is there anything positive about being visually impaired?" So well, there's there's two things that really jump to mind. One is I can always have a drink because I can never be the driver. She felt like we'd go. I said, and the other thing is. I always look young when I look in the mirror because I can't see the wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> she thought those were quite funny. <laughs> we have to. I was yeah, you have to be able to make jokes and be fun about it. Yeah, you know, I've always made fun of my. I've always made fun of my eye disease. So in some way, yeah. But then again, I think I also my my I have to be aware of the anger moments because my son definitely picks it up because I know. You know, I've had some, you know, moments at home, and then I, I told him something. I think, uh, I was, I, I told him I was working on the car, and I basically almost took the window, the edge of the door, into my eye because okay. I went to bend down really fast, and I didn't realize, you know, the that was there. Ooh. And he goes, "Oh man, you must have gotten really mad." <laughs> I said. No, I go, actually, Dad did not get mad this time. Uh, Dad just was more like, I, 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 if anything, I was just more in like shock because I've done this before. And I was like, ooh. And I was just more worried that I had, you know, cut myself, but I luckily did not uh, do anything. So I was okay. I got a little, little damage. I texted my wife and I was like, oh, I, almost did, I almost did it again. And she's like, you got to stop that. Yeah. <laughs> so, another good thing yeah. as well. Um, you're, like you're saying, your son, your son will grow up like my children have, you know, that they're in their 20s now. And they have got so much understanding and empathy for anyone with any disability, not just visual impairment. Any, mm. And I can see that in them. And I'm sure it's because they've grown up with me, you know. And like I say, my daughter now works um, 
at the Blind Society. She's in, on the early intervention team right now, but she's going to be a, a mobility officer. And awesome. I'm sure that has come from living with me and her her empathy is lovely to see as a parent you, when you see her she just knows how how to act how to talk to people and when to offer help when not to offer help I don't, and it's just lovely to see that your your children have grown up into these adults with all this understanding and it yeah that's a nice positive side too yeah because i shot a okay he's also has me and he has my uh my mom so he has a you know grandma that has it so he's really he's very uh very exposed to it plus i also look at it as i'm hope i i do the things that i do so that god forbid he ends up getting you know, diagnosed when around when i got diagnosed mm -hmm. and he can look and go because he already said it to me today he's like oh you know you know he's already noticed that like oh well grand you know you'll be you're gonna be fine when you get older dad because you know, he's like, uh, Nana is fine. Nana does everything. Nana does that. So he's very aware that, you know, so he's not even worried about what things I'll be able to do either because he has Nana who does everything, who does things. And he knows Nana has the same condition and she has worse vision than me. Uh, so I hope when he, if he were to get it, he can look and go, well, my dad and my, and my grandma had it. And I'm, you know, and, you know, I've been, you know, I'm fine. I'm okay. Yeah. So isn't that nice? Yeah, to, yeah that's that's what makes me feel that, good. Yeah. I, I do it. I'm like I do the things I do so that hopefully that's the realism that because my my mom did for me. My yeah. mom, whether or not she knew it or not, that was what you know. I looked at it when I got diagnosed that I'm okay. Yeah. My mom's a mom, yeah. So like she does everything that a mom does, and I've never had any problems. So uh, if I have this, if I have to go through this journey of having this also, then uh, that's okay. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I went for the gene testing. I just, I just wanted to know where this has come from. Why have I got this? Oh, yeah. What, what's the future? What, what is it? Um, so I went to the, the Manchester Royal Eye Hospital to see a professor there, and they um, they did the gene testing. So the gene that is affected that's causing my RP is ABCA4. Um, so they've said that both my parents must have been carriers. And there was a one in four chance, which I am the one in four chance that has. You won! Yeah, I'm the Congratulations. one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that now means going forward that um, both my children are carriers. They are definitely right, carriers. Right. So okay. um, they would then have to meet another carrier to then pass it on for to them their too. children. But, oh, okay. I mean, right. a very slim chance, but there is that chance there. So. I thought, oh gosh, I've got to tell my children this now. So I said to them both individually, you know, you, this is the situation that you, you're now a carrier, and you know, there is a chance that you, if your partner is also a carrier, then your your children could be um, develop RP. And you know, both of them individually both looked at me and said, "Mom, that, that wouldn't be a problem." You know, yeah. Yeah, that'd be okay. you and just be what a fantastic full life you've led and how independent you are and um, and what um, a credit you are to anybody living with a disability and we just say you know look at grandma it's, it's not an issue it's not a problem and I thought oh yep, that's so nice to hear that that's exactly what I did need to hear but it was so nice to hear it from both of them and you're and you're doing that without even realizing it yeah 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 you were just do, you were just doing you were just being you 
Same as my mom. My mom was just being my mom. She doesn't realize that she was inspiring me and, me and making me realize, you know, hey, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, My mom was crying when I got diagnosed. I was I'm sitting sure there like, all right. Must have cried when I was. I was just like, I was just like, okay, you know, I'm like, all right. <laughs> it, it's not, you're right though. So, you know, that's, that's like, that's a good thing. So, but yeah, that's, that's definitely something I want to do is uh, get the gene testing done. So at least have a, I can have a cool name to the gene I have. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I think that luckily the, the, the strain I have is obviously very slow deterioration. You know, yeah, I still have, still have quite a lot of useful vision. Um, so it's thankfully, touch wood, it's very, very slow. Right. Uh -huh. So here's a classic question I always have to ask, and that's if you could get your vision back, if you got it back like today, mm -hmm. what is one of the first things that you would do? Well, it's What's fully sighted Tracy doing? The, the, I suppose <laughs> the boring answer is uh, I've learned to drive. I know everybody says <laughs> thing, don't oh, it's not, it's not, it's not a boring answer at all. It's your answer. <laughs> uh, because that is, the one thing it does take away is your independence. And it's not just drive it, driving it, it's a, a, all sorts of things in life, isn't it? You're just not as independent as you'd like to be. Sometimes I right. do need to ask for help and do need to have somebody with me. And yeah, just being independent and being able to do things for myself. That is what I would, I would uh, enjoy. Yeah. But. Like I said, everyone's, everyone's answer is always different there. And, and sometimes, yeah, sometimes I, I think driving is probably the. The, the biggest one, but uh, I, I've heard I've heard people say nothing because they said they were having such a great l life that there was nothing that they would do differently, and I said that's fine. Like that's yeah, yeah. That's I mean you know. that is focusing on the negative, isn't it? Saying I, I, I've lost my some some independence. That is, so now I would think right, how can I turn that around in my head? If I had my if I'd never had RP. Would I be living this full and active life I'm living leading now? I might not be. I might not be. Yeah, if someone said that. Like they're like, like, did RP RP possibly changed us for the better in a way? Yeah. Um, which is weird to say that, but it, yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that. Like they don't know if they'd be doing the things that they're doing if they, you know, never had RP. Yeah, you know, maybe they would. It wouldn't have pushed them to do, you know, the, the certain they made the job that they have or or whatever. So, I possibly uh, wouldn't be doing all amazing. the things I'm doing now. I might be in a very yeah. boring job that I'm not very happy at. I, I, don't I think know. about the same thing. I'm like, I'm like, man, man, would I be part of Achilles? Would I be, you yeah. know, would I be, would I have ever thought to join Achilles and say be a guide runner instead mm -hmm. of a athlete? You know, I don't think I would have. I mean, I was always an athletic person and I like running at it, but I don't know if I would have joined Achilles to guide other people. I don't know if I would have done that. Uh, now I would. Now, if I, I always say to myself, if I ever get my vision back, yeah. I'm going to stay with Achilles International and, and switch over and be a guide runner and pay it forward to all the people that, you know, guided me in races. And so oh. that's definitely something uh, I would love to do. Actually, I did get to guide someone in 2020, actually, because uh, I have a friend who has um, Ehlers-Sandlos Syndrome. And um, she needed just you know, basically like a support runner, really. And I knew where we were running. And she's like, how would you feel about, like, you know, guiding me for a race? I said, sure, why not? <laughs> you know, I, I can do that. You know, I, I know where we're at. You could be my eyes. 
and I'll just make sure you don't die. <laughs> so it's yeah. funny when uh, things like that happen. We call it the blind leading the blind. I mean, it's like oh yes, that. yep. I have mm-hmm. a friend who has um, very little sight, and uh, if I'm out for an evening with her, she'll link my arm because I have more sight than her. So I'm sorry, you trust it. I trust you, Tracy. Okay. So I'm leading her, and then we'll probably go into a bar and have a drink and everything. And when we come out, she is so proficient with her white cane, and I'm not. And I may not have brought it with me that that time. I'm linking her. She's then leading me because she she's so good with the white cane. So what would oh, yeah. be like? I'm leading you when it's um, light, and now you're leading me. Now it's dark. <laughs> Well, I look at it, like what are like what are, what are our strength, what are things that we can still do? It's like uh, I always compare it to, I did a Spartan uh, Spartan race, and the girl that was on my team was um, a paraplegic, um, so I had I had a chance to, like, what she loved. It was so one of her favorite moments was me. I, I had her on my back like a piggyback ride, carrying her up a mountain because I told her she. And she didn't realize that I was actually like before the race started. She didn't realize I was an Achilles athlete. She thought I was like an Achilles guide. Right. And I said, "No, I go. I'm visually impaired." And she's like, well, "And you're gonna help me?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Yeah." I go, "My eyes don't work, but my legs do." <laughs> and she laughed, and she's like, "That's really awesome." I go, "Yeah." As long as you, I go, as long as you tell me where to go, <laughs> you know, like I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, so she said to this day, she said it's still one of her favorite things to say, like that a visually impaired guy carried her up a mountain. Oh, that's so, awesome. yeah. So yeah, I think that's that's the way to look at it. Sometimes, it's like yeah, yeah, we we can still do things just because our eyes don't work. Like yeah. there's 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 a plentiful of things that we're able to do. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. if someone asks me to help out or do something, I'm like, I just tell them, hey, you know, like or like you know, if someone needs help moving or something or. Um, I never say no. I go, yeah, I can carry boxes and do all that stuff. You just got to make sure I don't fall or trip on anything. <laughs> you know, but I can carry things. Yeah. <laughs> so here's another classic question. In your dreams, are you fully sighted or visually impaired? No. This is very strange because I did have a dream last night and I remembered it when I woke up this morning. <laughs> okay. Because it went through my mind. I thought, oh, this is so strange because I just know Mike's going to ask me the question later on today. <laughs> um, and um, in my dream, I was definitely visually impaired because I mean, it's a visual dream. I, I, I was in a restaurant or a bar and it, it was very dark. There was a lot of wood panelling around and I was with my husband and my two children. And we were reading little bits of folded up paper for some reason. I don't know, maybe it was like in a fortune cookie or something like that. And I know I couldn't read mine, and I know I had to pass it to my husband to read mine. So I knew when I woke up, I thought, yeah, I was definitely visually impaired in that dream because I couldn't read that piece of paper. So as much as my dreams are visual, I think I am visually impaired in my dream. However, I have had a couple of dreams where I've been driving and I, I've never driven. So <laughs> wow. where that's come from. I that's really cool. Yeah. That's really awesome. And I'm usually driving very fast as well in the dreams. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I wonder, if that, I wonder what that means, you know. I know like, dreams I wonder, you know. something out there. I've, I've yeah. I wonder what that means. Like, yeah. Why are you driving fast? Yeah. Why are you driving always fast in the dream? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome, though. 
it's supposed to mean something in your well, awake state, isn't it? So I'm thinking, right, oh, you're yeah. driving fast. You're obviously trying to get somewhere very quickly. Yeah, why are you trying? Yeah, why? Yeah, why are so you maybe trying? To in my day to day, in my in my wake state, maybe in my life, I am hurrying. Uh, something's not happening fast enough in, in my life, and I'm trying to get somewhere quicker. I don't know. I don't know. So how why would? But, I, but my thing is like, why would the car be in there? Like, why wouldn't you be running yeah. fast? Like, I feel, I feel like yeah. you would be running fast. Um, but like to actually have the car because you don't have any experience with no. like ever being behind the wheel. No. So I don't. So know where it's that like, from, yeah, that's that's that's, a, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah that, that's why that's why I love that question because I always I'm always wondering what someone's gonna say or what you know kind of response they're gonna have to it. Yeah, because I have got friends who are totally blind, and I know they dream in just their other senses. I know they dream in. Um, sound uh, right and things sound, like that or... touch and smell yeah all the other senses yeah, yeah. they don't have, they don't have any visual dreams yeah yeah I mean, not, there's there's their, their brain has never seen anything there's nothing yeah there's nothing for them to go on there's no vision yeah there's no that's right so that's a oh that's a that's a crazy thing yeah but i want to thank you so much for being on it was awesome and a nice long conversation which I, yeah. which is always good <laughs> i've not been talking too much have i i do have no it's, that's well that's well that well that's kind of the idea though that you're <laughs> supposed to be talking <laughs> if you weren't talking enough people would be getting bored that they would just have to listen to me oh okay. <laughs> no, i don't want to i don't want to be boring <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so if you ever get a chance to um catch up again that would be really nice be oh no problem I'm always I'm always here, so <laughs> I'm yeah. always around. I, I know you've uh, spoken to a few people in the UK. You know, I've, I've tried to encourage you to come over here and visit. So if you ever, oh do... yeah, my my friend uh, uh, Stephen and I were, were actually starting a, a YouTube show called the RP Show together. He lives, um, is it Warrington? I think it was Warrington. He was from, which is only half an hour away from here, from where I live. It's not very far. Oh, okay. Yeah, so him and I are gonna be uh yeah, I mean, we're gonna be doing the Zoom calls and together and record. We're gonna be doing uh, starting our own show because we, I always compare him as we well we say to each other that he's the UK version of me and I'm the UK I'm the American version of him. Oh yeah, he's like you're my brother, but like my American. I'm like I know, and you like you're totally my uh, UK What's that brother. Phrase? Yeah, brother from another mother. Is that, is that? Yep, exactly. I think we've said that. Yeah, so we decided that we've spent so long uh you know learning tricks and things like that it's time for us to kind of pass our knowledge on to you know, the younger generation who are now dealing with yeah. you know rp and you know so if we figured it'd be a more fun it's gonna be a fun show like a you know i you know not, not like we're not gonna try to take ourselves too seriously and just you know be and make it fun for people to learn you know little things to help themselves out on a daily day basis oh i'll look forward to that coming yeah I'll, I'll... So should we say we're it's in the works like yeah so we you know the logo's done and like uh, he's handling all the editing which is kind of funny that like two visually impaired guys are doing visual work. Yeah. <laughs> I designed the logo and he design he's uh, he's doing like the the uh, video half the portions of things. So but and it's if, uh, he, uh, if he ever convinces you to head over here to the UK then uh, yeah that's what he said he he was the first person to tell me he's like yo yo if you ever want to go man he's like yo like you have a place to stay and. 
you know, I'll show you around and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I might take you up on that. Me and my wife, maybe we'll mess up. Not too far from where I live either, you know. All right. I will then let you know when, uh, you know. I'll I'll make sure everyone knows, like, if I'm headed to the UK, you know, all the the UK people could, uh, that would be cool. I'm I'm just gathered this. This is why you're doing this podcast, isn't it? You've got friends now all over the world. And we I, do, now I have places to stay. Now I can travel now for free. <laughs> I, I don't have to worry about free. <laughs> yeah, see, it's a genius. <laughs> I get, I get to get spirits. Uh, all this. Yeah, I think somebody else invited me somewhere else, not just the UK. Somewhere else, same thing. There, if they say if you're ever here, you know, I'm like, oh, man. it's it's really cool. So, but the, oh, I mean, the it, but it also goes the other way around. I mean, if you were ever in Connecticut, yeah. you you would have a place to stay. That's so, what I was I mean, going to say. Goes... We love to travel, and, and there's definitely other places in the states we'd love to see. We've been to New York and Florida and um, Colorado, but I'd love to see. Like, them. I don't know why you'd want to come to Connecticut, but if you ever <laughs> did want to come to Connecticut, yeah, yeah, if you happen to be somehow you know there, like yeah, 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 yeah totally. I'd be like, come on over. Do, do you ever have any like rock bands, you know, concerts over there in Connecticut? Is there? Oh yeah, we you know, yeah. 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 We got concerts now. Well not right now, obviously, but we do oh, we, we cool. used to. <laughs> yeah. So that that's what we often do. We often travel to go and see rock bands. My husband's really into rock. You know the the band Guns N' Roses? Oh yeah, of course. Well, my husband's a slash look alike. Oh, oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah. So uh yeah. So I I would have to show that to my uh to my wife. She would uh she would like that. Well, I bet, I bet you, if you, uh, uh, he was here now in your lap, I bet she'd, <gasps> he's like, <laughs> he, he does, he, does he have the hat? He needs the yeah. hat. Yeah, he's got the top hat and he can play the guitar, yeah. Oh my God, I need, you, you have to send me a picture of him, like, dressed like that. I got, I, oh, I okay. so need to see that. <laughs> yeah, we'll do. We'll send you an album. That's awesome. That's awesome. But it doesn't matter where we go in the world. This just shows how uh, popular Guns N' Roses are because it doesn't matter oh, where yeah, in the world right? we go, somebody will come up to us and say, Oh, is this right? Are you yeah, yeah. Yeah. I haven't been to a concert in a pretty long time, but I would definitely go to one. I mean, yeah, I'm into music, so. Yeah. I'm a drummer, so or haven't drummed in a while, but and that, like, I am music I, that you play before and after your podcasts. Yeah, that's that's quite rocky, isn't it? That I'm actually good friends with that band. That's why I use it. Yeah, um, it's good. Very. Uh, we're actually. I'm, I actually know the band pretty well. I've gone to their shows in New York, and um, I randomly met them because I'm a fan of the Ultimate Warrior. I don't know if you know who the Ultimate Warrior is. He's a wrestler from like the '80s, nine, you know, '90s. Uh, do you know who Hulk Hogan is and all those? You know, that. Do, okay, all right, okay, yes, in that in that generation of wrestlers. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah, they I they were also big fans of the Ultimate Warrior, and they made his intro music for one of the last times that he wrestled. Um, so I had just gotten in contact, like I randomly messaged, I think one of them on the the brother, one of the brothers, uh, Peter, mm-hmm. on Facebook, and I just said, oh, I'm a big fan, da 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 da, and that's it. And then it went from. I know Peter Palace from Annika to Peter Palace is actually my friend. <laughs> like he's not just somebody, he's just not the guitarist from Annika. He's actually like Peter and Jimmy are good friends of mine. So it's really cool that we've, it's, it's happened over the years. Yeah. And then they love, they, they like, they love what I do. Like they, they, you know, because Peter was actually, both of them were actually good friends with the ultimate warrior before he passed away. Right. And and he told me he's like he's like dude if uh, if the ultimate warrior was here right now man he would tell you how like he'd be so proud of you man like what you're doing and stuff like that yeah well so, yeah, I, I like it I like the music it's good 
So if you like that, yeah, they're cool guys. Mm-hmm. So, well, there you go. Maybe one day, you know, we can, we'll see them. We can, we can, <laughs> you can come down and we'll go to New York and we'll go see them in Brooklyn. Sounds good. <laughs> so you enjoy the rest of your, uh, what time is it over there now? It's five hours ahead, right? Yeah, five hours ahead. I'm not sure what's. Oh, so it's like six, uh, like it was past six thirty or so, like six forty something. Yeah. Yeah. Six, yeah. Well, enjoy your evening. Yes, I've got <laughs> something to eat with my husband now. I think he's finished work and, um, yeah, we'll probably just watch some television. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, you enjoy. Yeah, you have a good rest of your day. And uh, it was a blast. <laughs> oh, thank you. Lovely to chat You're with welcome. you. And uh, hopefully we will again soon. I hope so. Uh, yeah, I hope so. See you later. Take care now. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. See you next week for another episode of Living Free with RP.